Welcome to Pastor Plex Podcast. Uh, so excited to have all of you joining us today. I've got my wife, Adrian, in studio with us. And Adrian, welcome. Thank you. And it uh, looks like we have a question. You want to hit it off for us? Yes. So the question is, I don't have the same anxiety towards COVID-19 that my wife does. How do I walk the line between not doing something that causes my weaker brother to stumble, which is Romans 14, and live in an understanding way of my wife, 1 Peter 3, 7, and the call to obey God first, 1 Corinthians 11, 3. All right, I think there's really two questions here. And one, we could probably totally separate COVID-19 out of it, okay? Like, how I, as a, a man, am leading my wife, and she doesn't want to do something that I want to do. What do I do? And so, and I do think the scriptures that were um, given here are appropriate. And and I don't, the, the tough thing about COVID-19, this might be a, it, it depends on if it's a sin issue or not a sin issue, right? So I, let's just take it as not a sin issue. So this is a, I have a different opinion. Uh, I want to lead my wife one direction and she wants to go another. What do I do? So there's a ton here. Romans 14 uh, first of all, which I'm, I'm so grateful this person put in all these scriptures, which really just gives us something easy to, to hit. Romans 14 says, let, uh, let, well, one person believes he may eat anything while the weak person eats only vegetables. It was dealing about like food sacrificed idols and, and, uh, foods, you know, what should I do? I'm only gonna eat vegetables, so I don't eat food sacrificed idols. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains and that not, not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats. For God has welcomed him. All right, so in a situation uh, that is amoral, in other words, it's not a moral issue, then let your brother, or in this case, sister, uh, believe, do whatever they want. All right, so because that is not something that is um, conflicting with their faith. However, I understand where you're going. Uh, because there are some things that it might be amoral, but as a family, you have to pick a direction or else you're going to have one guy showing up at church and the wife watching from home. And although that is, I guess, okay, it's getting away from the closeness of the family dynamic. So how in the world are we supposed to approach that? Well, I love 1 Peter 3.7. Uh, it says, pull that. 1 Peter 3.7 is talking about how husbands and wives uh, should live together. And specifically, verse 7 says, uh, li likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. And I know everyone out there that um, has maybe more of a, um, uh, what's the word, I don't want to say, yeah, I guess a feminist sort of a viewpoint reads that and they cringe and they as they say weaker vessel i'll show you a weaker vessel and you're about ready to kind of uh come up and off. really the reality is uh in a position where you are not the lead person you're not the lead and in a traditional christian covenantal complementarian marriage the husband leads the wife but he has to do it in an understanding way so if, if it means that she's not ready to go there because it's too hard then you're probably gonna have to uh Stay at a place of loving her where she's at and not forcing her, ripping her uh, to go on, especially on something that is an amoral issue, right? And now clearly 1 Corinthians eleven three just talks about how uh, the husband is the head of the wife and Christ is the head of the husband. And that uh, is saying if, if, if the husband gets a word from the Lord, so to speak, that my family needs to 
to be le to be more physically interactive in a COVID-19 environment, then that's something that the Lord is leading you. But man, the way that you do it, remember this is Ephesians 5, you're going to live with your wife and you're going to sacrifice for your wife. You're going to put her needs above your own. And sometimes those needs are emotional. Sometimes those needs are physical. Sometimes those needs go all across the board. So this is a difficult spot, uh, especially on one that's an amoral issue. Adrian, do you have any other thoughts on that? Yeah, I think everything involving coronavirus is pretty unlogical and really subject to what you've read, what you've seen, how you're feeling. And I think that because of those things, it can make it really difficult to discern. And I really do feel like this is where there, there has to be some give and take on both sides. And when I look at COVID-19 specifically, I say, okay, what's the reason that the wife has anxiety? Does she really believe she's going to die if she goes out? Does she really believe that she's going to um, be subject to germs that then that or that kills grandma, you know, whatever everyone's, whatever the concern is, is that, is that really her concern or is her concern how she's going to be perceived by people that maybe see her out? Or if something got posted on social media, like, is there a perception concern or is it something of like preference? And they just, by the time you've been isolated for five months, you don't really want to have to deal with the social awkwardness and social anxiety of getting out and not knowing if you really are going to enjoy that experience and so therefore you're using the virus and the precautions as an excuse to not engage somewhere that might feel uncomfortable. And so I think that there has to be some discernment along the lines of what area your spouse or your friend is, is particularly stuck and then I think you have to then meet them halfway wherever they're at. And I think in the example of the germ exposure specifically, like I really legitimately am concerned because we have this, you know, my mom or my dad or my grandparent that I see regularly, I think that you then have to start going, I've been saying this all along, excuse me for like saying this on our pastor podcast, but a half-ass attempt at controlling germs is not really better than a than no attempt at all of controlling germs. And I think that sometimes we're operating under this mentality that like, oh, our kid goes to daycare or school, whatever we call it, and they're going there every day for 12 hours and they're exposed to not just all the children and all the care workers, but also all of the places and the parents and the, the whole realm that each of those children are attached to is vast. And your child is now exposed to all of those things because of the school day, but you've justified this as being a safe place, but nothing else for you to do is a safe place. And that's where I say, man, we're, if your concern is really germs, this is no longer making a logical sense. And so we've got to come halfway because I think in this particular question, the husband has a desire that the family engage in in-person worship. I think that that was, he says, the call to obey God first. So I think that this is where if your wife is hung up on a fear of contracting the virus, but yet they're making exceptions other areas of their life, this is where I think you say, hey, as the leader of this family, you need this spiritual time or the spiritual community. And so I, because I love you and because we are as we are at equal risk doing this as we are with all the other decisions that we're making. I, I feel comfortable pushing you. And I think that's where the wife has to kind of say, yep, okay, fine. I've, I'm, I've reconciled this decision, all these other areas of my life when it, when it comes to things that are convenient for me. So I'm going to go ahead and trust your leadership here. Yeah, I, I think this goes to a place of consistency. 
The consistency is really the factor that really makes this a faith or fear decision. So for example, if somehow you make uh, a decision based on, I need my kid to be in daycare, but I won't have any other interaction uh, with other people, then I feel like that's an inconsistency because you're still at, you're still putting everybody that you would at risk in the same way as if you went to a, a Christian uh, gathering of some sort. And I think that there's situations where there's like, maybe the husband is immunocompromised. And I think I, I know of some specific situations where both husband and wife and children are truly quarantining. Mm -hmm. They are not going anywhere. They have yeah. this entire process of disinfecting their groceries. Right. Nothing comes into their home. And I think that's a consistent, I mean, they are making a full effort in every, every aspect of their life. And so in that situation, I think you look for ways to obey God, to maybe engage with other believers in ways that feel consistently protected for you and your spouse. But I think that more often they're, we're not talking about a consistent household when it comes to germ spread. We're talking about selective air aspects, selective areas of life. And all of a sudden a double standard is created when someone just isn't thrilled about what it is that the spouse wants to go do. And I think that, that that's a problem. I think that that's something worth addressing. I think that that's where, as a couple, this is where communication is pivotal. You've got to meet each other halfway. Mm -hmm. And I think, that, like, maybe that means you're wearing masks where and someone doesn't feel like that's necessary. Or maybe that means you're wearing masks and gloves and you're saying, you know, like, you figure out how to engage in a way that is comfortable for both people. Right. To and, a degree. And because there's, there's a ton of media out there on both sides of the mask issue, right? Or both sides of the quarantine issue. You, you've got a lot of media pointing towards the fact, and, and, and probably a lot of medical stats and medical this, medical that, that, uh, that there is no fear whatsoever. The coronavirus is nothing. And, you know, the reality is it's just like any other virus and it's really nothing. And we've blown this out of proportion. And then there's a whole bunch of scientists and a whole bunch of medical professionals and a whole bunch of epidemiologists on the other side saying, this is a crisis. And there is a real threat to the whole community as a whole if you don't take ultra safe precautions. Now, this is where there isn't one voice on this. And since there are split voices on it, which one do you believe? And as people who aren't epidemiologists, as people who aren't those people, like I don't have enough time in my life to go and study what uh, type of disease this is, go get my PhD, go get my um, you know, doctor of medicine uh, so that I can understand a virus. I All I can do is read news outlets that pretty much say opposite things and then make a decision. So this is so difficult. I guess the only thing I would say is just be consistent with whatever it is that you're walking in faith on. And so ultimately you're going to get advised by uh, whatever news media outlet you choose to listen to. But then you've got to go to God and his word and then figure out how to respond in faith for whatever that looks like for you. So I think that's because that your faith might be, I don't care what all the other Christians think I'm going to stay in my house and I'm going to hunker down and I'm going to do as much social interaction online as I possibly can. So I don't, um, so I don't come in uh, conflict with Hebrews 10, 24, 25, which is don't neglect meeting together as some of the habit of doing. So you are, you are going to be there meeting as best you can online. And that's fabulous. Uh, on the flip side, um, if you don't sort of feel that way, uh, don't condemn other people that do uh, 
and just I think the, the priority here is be consistent and then leading your wife through that is meet her where she's at and then if you have a different opinion on something that's amoral then lovingly uh, give her your position your side and and lead her to where um, in, in a loving way which mm -hmm. I think is really healthy I agree. And I think going back to how this, what Chris was saying at the beginning about how this is an issue completely outside of the, of this virus, this virus makes this issue feel almost impossibly complicated because of the nature of the lack of tangible evidence and information of the actual virus. Or maybe it, it's, maybe it's an overabundance of evidence that goes every direction. Yeah. yeah. So, but I think that back to what you were saying early, earlier on in that this is a question for how to lead, kind of a man leading his wife in general. And I think that in every single issue that comes up, there is a degree of give and take. And I think this is why oftentimes the verse, the first Peter 3, 7 verse, people get so upset is because women are referred to as this weaker vessel. And I think that really just means that physically we haven't been created as as strong and that's definitely one interpretation for sure and yep. I, so like we don't need to feel less than the, the bible definitely has never ever suggested that women are less than that wives are equal, less than equal in value distinct in roles is the way that we would put that right and so i think because of that as a leader when you're leading people that are equal in value to you 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 have conversation and this is where communication is so important because i think that if you can't, you have, I think there, there needs to be a lot of questions going back to that very beginning idea of what is it that's the concern with coronavirus or in any other area of life? What is it that's the holdup? Why are we seeing differently on this? Where are you hung up? Where am I feeling passionate? And what is it that I really, what's the core of what I want? What's a win for me? What's a win for you? And how can we both maybe give in the areas that we have less preference in, in order to help meet the other person and their preference halfway? And I think that that requires you can't be screaming at each other to have that conversation and you can't be stonewalling them. You can't be, that requires a lot of give and take and a lot of open communication and really listening to each other. And I honestly think that that right there is the hardest part of a marriage, the hardest part of a relationship. And without that piece, mm -hmm. bridging this particular issue is going to feel insurmountable. Yeah. And on first Peter three, seven, it ends with, you know, so that your prayers may not be hindered which has the assumption that you're praying. And and I am not saying this, I know this for sure, but I'm willing to bet that most of us aren't praying that much. And so there's really nothing to be hindered other than you not getting your way. And so I feel like if you would pray and ask God to change your wife's heart, uh, that would be the probably the first and best place to start. Because if you come to your wife with, I've been praying about this, it's a different conversation of like, you're wrong and you need to. When you assert what somebody else needs, it inevitably brings a defensive posture. When you talk about what you need and how you've been in your, in your time with God, it automatically opens a place of, I want to serve and help and love. Either, even if it was wife to husband, husband to wife, that doesn't matter. Uh, but when you come at it with like an unprayed up heart, it becomes really difficult. All right, so thanks. That, that's that question. So if you remember, keep asking those questions. You can uh, email us at chris at wellsbranchchurch.com. We would love to um, hear more of your questions and answer them here on the Pastor Plague podcast.